Hey everybody, I'm Tiara, and motherhood is hard. So let's talk about it. I'll be bringing you along as I navigate being a wife and mother to a medically complex child on the spectrum. Do you have your coffee ready? This is Stronger Now, the podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Happy Tuesday. Let's get the week started. I, you know, this weekend was actually so fun for us. Carter is feeling much better with his with his gut health. We've been working for months, months on his gut health. Um, you know, if you struggle with your gut, my hat goes off to you. You know, um, it just, nobody thinks that your gut is literally the center of your body, like your core of your body, and it affects so many different things. Um, it affects your brain, your mood, it, you know, it can affect other organs, your stomach, your liver, your kidneys. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of pain that is associated with your gut. If your gut health's not right, it, oh, it can affect your skin. Um, a lot of, like if you have acne, of course there's hormonal acne and things like that, but a lot of acne is contributed to the gut. Um, so yeah, it's hard. It's hard to see. It's hard to see your child in pain. It's hard to see your child in discomfort. Um, For those that don't know, Carter is on the spectrum. He's autistic. He was diagnosed at three. Um, He has a a handful of words. He probably has like 20 words, um, but mostly he's just repeating. He's repeating dialogue that he hears, Um, but he has like a good handful of words that he uses on a daily in his daily vocabulary, but because of his autism and because of his lack of communication or being able to communicate with us how he feels, it's really tough for us to navigate his gut health because, you know, we'll go to the doctor and we'll describe his symptoms or how things are going. And then the doctor will tell me, oh, that's, you know, that's extremely painful. You know, he's probably been in pain for for weeks. And then that's like a gut punch to me because you know, he's also five and, you know, five-year-olds, they whine, they fuss when they don't get their way, they throw tantrums, you know, and you, and then when you turn around and you think, oh my gosh, what if that tantrum was him being in pain? You know, it's just, it's tough. It's tough for um, us as parents to really um, navigate it. But, you know, if you guys have any tips or tricks about, um, you know, how you guys help your children communicate um, how they're feeling, specifically how they're feeling. I would love to hear any um, any suggestions that you have because I'm, I'm open to it all. I'm new in this mom game. I don't claim to be an OG at it at all. Um, so I would love to hear, love to hear some um, tips and tricks. But other than that, he's, oh, he's doing so much better. He is running again. He's talking much more. Um, he's laughing. He's smiling. Um, and that just has oh gosh, that has turned my mood around like almost 360. I'm, I, you know, I'm laughing again. I'm smiling again because it just, it's hard to see your kids not feeling well, but he's doing great. He's doing great. We are definitely on the up and up and I'm so happy about it. You know, Landon living the dream per usual, living the dream. He's getting bigger and bigger by the day. He is going to crawl any minute, you guys. And I don't know how to feel about it. Like he's up on all fours already, rocking back and forth. And oh, it just, 
you know, it hurts my mommy heart. I love, I mean, I love to see it. I love to see the development because I didn't get to experience that with Carter because we were in the hospital, but um, he didn't, he didn't, um, Carter didn't develop as quickly because he was, you know, ref um, he was confined to a hospital bed, but you know, Landon's all over the house. So it's been great. It's been great. And I hope you guys are having an amazing summer. I know a lot of, um, a lot of kids here in California are go already going back to school. So if your kiddos are getting ready for school and you guys are, you know, school shopping and getting ready for that, my hat goes off to you because I'm not ready for that. I feel horrible saying this. I don't know if I've said this in past episodes, but I hate school drop off. School drop off and school pickup. I oh, it is just the most like repetitive thing ever. And I feel like I don't hear that from other moms. So am I just like am I just not cut out for school drop off? I don't know. I can't stand it. It's so repetitive. Put the kids in the car. Take the kids out the car. Take to put the kids back in the car, take them out the car. I just, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I can't wait until my kids are big enough where I can just, you know, pull up to the ballet and pop the door open and be like, bye baby, have a great day. Because I envy those parents that do that um, in the, you know, in the carpool line now. Well, you know, and then, you know, I say this now and then three years when Carter's popping the door open saying, bye mom, I'm gonna be like, wait, you don't want me to walk you to the door? So yeah, just ignore me. Today's episode is all about does love really conquer all? You know, does is love the root of everything? Can love conquer all? And that's something that I've been thinking about lately because I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that love is literally just the first block in marriage. I think there is so many other bricks to layer on top of that one brick to make a wall. Um, and yeah, I wanted to talk about that today. You know, this year, like I said, has been very challenging for Andy and I as parents. You know, parenting probably, parenting probably has been more stressful this year than it was Carter's first year of life, just with gut health and development. Um, but we really try to let, we tr really try not to let our parenting stress affect our marriage. If we're frustrated with how the day went parenting wise, once the kids go to bed and sleep and, and are, you know, down for the night, we try not to let that roll over into our time as husband and wife. You know, I heard in another podcast, I was telling my mom about it. You know, if you have a bad moment in the day, you didn't have a bad day. You just had a bad moment. The rest of the day was fine. Uh, so you really have to get out of that mindset of saying, oh, I had a horrible day. No, you didn't have a horrible day. You just had a horrible moment. Um, and I think that's the same for parenting. You know, if you had a bad parenting day or the kids frustrated you so much, that doesn't mean that your marriage was shit, <laughs> you know? So I really have to get, I, I, we really try to, we really try to be intentional on, did you have a bad day parenting wise? Or do we need to, do we need to recap the day as far as our marriage? Because sometimes they do overlap, you know, like if you, 
if you were disrespectful to your partner while parenting, then yeah, that's something that you need to recap for the day. Like, hey, I didn't, I didn't appreciate how you spoke to me out of frustration with the kids. That is a parent. I mean, that is when your marriage is involved, in my personal opinion. And that's when that's when we try to like recap the day. Like, hey, you know, I didn't appreciate when you spoke to me this way. And then then there's apologies that happen. And then we can, you know, we can take those tools onto the next day. But overall, we really try not to let our parenting affect our marriage. Uh, but it's but it absolutely has not always been this way. And that's kind of what I want to talk about on today's episode. You know, Andy and I have been together eight years. We have been married. We will be married for three years this year. And we are each other's first real relationship. So the infatuation phase was real. I mean, for me, I joke with my family. My family jokes with me. I'm obsessed with Andy. Like, a stage five clinger, if you will. But the infatuation phase was super, was hit on tough. Like we sunk our teeth into each other quickly. Um, and we've always, we've always been very open and honest about what we want in a relationship as far as respect, loyalty, and loving each other. You know, his parents are divorced. My parents were very young when they had me. And they were very much still figuring life out and figuring each other out. And that didn't always present in a in the most positive light in front of their kids. So from a young age, we both knew exactly what we did not want out of a relationship. And as we grow and mature in our own relationship, we kind of build on what we do want out of a relationship. And that continues, that list continues to be added to because you know as as the years go on you want more you figure out oh I want this or I don't want this you know so that I feel like that list is ever evolving and if you didn't if you didn't listen to my uh, um a love you deserve episode it's personally one of my favorites because I am such an advocate on knowing exactly what you want writing exactly what you want down and you know, and sticking to your guns. And I feel like I did that. Andy also did that before we met each other. Um, But Andy and I have also been through a lot as parents, you know, situations that required us to mature beyond our years and also required our relationship to mature very quickly. So, um, you know, But that was also not without bumps. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today's episode. Like, does love truly conquer all? I was doing some research and I saw that a recent study shows that 35 to 50 percent of first marriages end in divorce. And the percentage is even higher for parents of special needs children. Um, the percentage is upwards of 85%. So we are really fighting against some terrible odds. Um, And I asked Andy, I said, why do you think that the percentage is so high? And he always says that people don't know how to express their needs. But I personally think that it's burnout. I think parents think, 
if divorce is the only way I'll get a break, then so be it. Or letting the parenting stress spill over into the marriage. I think that it can be said for all parents. Like, you don't want to yell in front of your kids. You don't want to let frustration spill over onto your children. So who gets it? Who gets the frustration? Your spouse. The all of a sudden, you're a shit husband or you're a shit wife. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. When no, like you're just burnt out. You're burnt out. And I honestly think that's that's what contributes to the the high divorce rate, which is, oh gosh, 85%, you guys, 85%. And that made me like look back. I don't know a lot of, I don't know a lot of couples that are married that have special needs children, but a good handful that I do know are not married anymore. They are divorced. There's, I can think of two people you know, right now that they are still married, but they also only have one child, which is their child that has specific needs. Um, so that can, that just shows you right there, the, the stress of it all and, you know, how, how stressful it can be to be a caregiver, a parent and a spouse. I want to tell you guys a story about when Andy and I were in the hospital Carter was on the GI floor and we were admitted for, I can't remember specifically what we were admitted for, but I think it was dehydration. And, you know, it was going on day four of us admitted into the hospital. And, you know, the hospital is not a fun place. You go from being home, being in your safe space, being able to come and go as you please, um, There's also no privacy in the hospital at all. The nurses, the doctors, they just come in anytime they want. I was still breastfeeding or trying to pump at this time. So you would be pumping and literally a doctor would walk in like no big deal. So, you know, the hospital just is not a not a fun place. And I instantly get tense and frustrated and um, all of the emotions when we are admitted into the hospital. So there was a one time where we were admitted, we were on day four, and all of my frustration was going towards Andy, like daggers. Boom, 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 frustration, frustration, frustration. And I remember it was the end of the day, and I was so spent from the whole day. I can't even remember exactly why I did this, but I get up and... I leave the room. Andy and I had gotten to like a little tiff. I leave the room and I slammed the door. I slammed the hospital door and I went outside. And I came back in. Andy was asleep. And the next day, I tried to talk to him and he has tears in his eyes. And he said, for the first time ever, I wanted to leave you. And... I will never, ever forget this day because it broke my heart. It broke my heart to hear that I treated the love of my life so bad that he contemplated all night leaving me. And it also broke my heart that I that I treated him so bad because I was so frustrated in the morning in the moment. And that I didn't even think that 
this person is going through the exact same thing as me. He's going through the exact same emotions as me. He's stressed just like I am. And that didn't even come to mind. It was all about my feelings, my emotions, and what I'm going through. And that was not only a gut punch, but that was a wake-up call. Like, no, it is not all about you. You have a partner in this, and your partner deserves love, respect, patience, and also deserves to have somebody that cares about them just like you expect them to care about you. Um, So that really turned my whole perspective around on how I treated my partner. And it took something as bad as that night for me to really, for me to really see that. Um, And I know that this is only my perspective. And it's from my personal experiences. And there are several reasons for, you know, divorce, disconnect, frustration, stress within, within a marriage. Um, but I put, a, I put a handful of goals together that I want to apply to my marriage specifically. Um, this would also be a great opportunity to do your pyramid. Um, if you haven't listened to other episodes, Andy had created this exercise where you create a pyramid and you split the pyramid down the middle and then you also, well, okay, let me start over. You split the pyramid into three sections. So you have a little triangle on the top and then equal pieces on the bottom. So you'll have three three pieces to this pyramid. Um, And you can do this with your partner as well because you can either on one side of the pyramid put your goals of how you want to be better in your relationship um, and how you're going to try to be better in your relationship. And then your partner on the other side can put how they're going to be better in the relationship. And then at the top, the top little triangle, you can put the end goal. Like, what do you want your marriage to look like in the end? Or you can flip it. You can have your partner put what they would like for you to do better in the relationship. And then you can put on the other side what you would like your partner to do better in the relationship. And then at the top, you can have the end goal of how your marriage going to how your marriage is going to be better because of this, like what the success will be because of this, whether it's better communication, you know, um, uh better sex life, better, um, better, just overall happiness, whatever you guys want to categorize it in. Um, But yeah, this will be a great date night to do with the pyramid. But I put together a handful of things that I want to do better in my relationship. And because, you know, it's not happy, it's not happy wife, happy life, it's happy spouse, happy house, you know, we... It's not all about us, ladies. You know, your man needs to be happy too. So I put together five goals of how I want to be better or more of a service to my spouse. And the first, the number one is stop relying on Andy to regulate my emotions. Like I spoke about earlier, I depend on Andy's calmness, his, um, his overall aura to calm me down. And... 
I shouldn't rely on that. I should be able to regulate my own emotions. And then having Andy there as a calm, as the calm in the storm should just be a should just be a plus. It should be a bonus. But I should be able to regulate my emotions in all settings without Andy there. Like I should not be looking for Andy to calm me down. And number two is to check my attitude at the door. You are not the only person parenting. You're not the only person stressing. You're not the only person staying up all night thinking about Carter. His dad is too. So check your ego, check your attitude at the door is number two. Number three, love him in his love language. This is so hard for me. I recently read the five love languages for a book club I'm in and And it's said in the book, you need to love your partner in their love language, not your own. And I that hit me too, because I love giving Andy gifts. I love giving him gifts. And recently, you know, we had such a hard few weeks with Carter being sick that I wanted to do something nice. I wanted to do something special for him. And I got him this, I got him this record vinyl that was the soundtrack to Wild Wild West, the Will Smith movie. And that's his favorite movie. So I was like, oh my God, this would be perfect. I'm, you know, I'm about to be wife goals. And of course he was so appreciative of it. He smiled, he was like, this was a great gift. But before before I gave him the gift, I told him, I said, oh, you know, I, I need to pay off, um, I need to pay off this debt because I asked my mom to pay for the, the vinyl so that Andy wouldn't see it on the credit card statement. So I said, oh, I need to pay off this little debt to my mom. And he was like, why? And I said, oh, I got you a gift. And he says, why? <laughs> and it's because he doesn't care about that stuff. This is not his love language, although it's mine. Like I love to give I'd love to shower him in gifts. If I had all the money in, wor- in the world, I would shower him with vacations and back rubs and you know all the things, but that's not his love language. Um, so number three is to love him in his love language, which is acts of service. So like doing the dishes, cooking him dinner, things like that. And then also number four is staying up late past the kid's bedtime to watch what he wants to watch. I'm bad at this too. Like I said, I'm not a night I'm not a night owl. I would rather go to sleep. The kids are down. I'm either scrolling on my phone for 30 minutes and then knocking out or I'm knocking out. And I need to be better at you know, saying, "Hey, do you want to watch a movie? Do you want to watch a show? What do you want to watch?" And also staying up to watch that <laughs> because I will be asleep. But so that's number 4. And number five is to speak life into our marriage specifically. Constantly, constantly speaking positive thoughts into our marriage daily. I think that our negative thoughts can, can, can consume us so much that, you know, if you are harping on the negative in your relationship constantly over and over and over again, it doesn't matter what your spouse does. It doesn't matter what your spouse does. Your spouse could breathe wrong And you're thinking about that time five months ago when they raised their voice at you. You know, so constantly speaking positivity into our marriage, like, you know, and and your marriage specifically, because there is a difference. You could be a great parent and a horrible spouse. There is a difference. So specifically, what is amazing about your relationship? 
because we already know Andy's a great dad. He's an amazing dad, but I need to think of how he's an amazing husband. Speak life into my marriage. So those are my top goals, my top five goals and what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do better and I'm gonna keep you guys updated on how these are going. But yeah, I encourage you, put together five goals of how you want to be be a better spouse um, and let me know, if you're comfortable sharing, let me know what the five goals are. I love to see if you guys are doing the pyramid. You know, this is perfect. You know, text your spouse, say, hey, we're gonna do a little date night. Get a, get a piece of paper out, do your pyramid, pour a little glass of wine, and write out your goals. Write them down, manifest them, talk about them. Let it, let it be a communication starter. But yeah. God willing, Andy and I will have many, many more years together and many more pyramids to create. And I thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Um, please share with a friend. Share with a friend. Follow me on Instagram at Stronger Now Podcast. And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Until next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for finishing your coffee with me. As always, I'm sending a big hug. Please don't forget to review and rate this podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, share with a friend. You can find me on Instagram at StrongerNowPod. I'll see you next Tuesday for more stories. Bye, guys.